Welcome to the Tailored Life Podcast, the one and only fitness and nutrition podcast that goes way beyond just training and nutrition and helps you create a life by design. I'm your host, Cody McBroom, and with me is my co-host, Travis McQueen. Today, we got a Q&A. My voice is a little bit better today. It is. <clears throat> what the hell happened? I don't know. That was wild. Too much laughing? Yep. You were fucking we a hyena day. yesterday, dude. Yep. Laughing at everything. Dude, we had a great day. Are you cold today? Dude, yes. Yesterday you were like sweating. Oh, I probably will be by the end of this podcast. I would be too. A hoodie and a North Face. Yep. That was crazy. Yesterday you were super hot. I just plan for it and take a layer off. There you go. Good job. Smart. <laughs> Smart man. Congratulating me for thinking. I am. Um, I'm trying to think. Announcements, tips, strategies, anything. I don't know if we have anything today. What oh, do we got? Um, I have a favor to ask. I always love hearing from people. I do this in my newsletter all the time, um, which if you're not on my newsletter, you can go sign up to should just pop up or you can just download any free guide and you'll eventually be on the newsletter, the weekly ones um, where I just send out free tips, strategies. Uh, there's just different stuff every week. But um, I usually ask there and I probably will, but I am curious if anybody listening is into YouTube because we're obviously getting into that. Um, who do you follow? Who do you subscribe to? Like, what do you watch? What kind of style of videos do you like? If you have any insights on that, please let us know. You can do it in the Q and a box or you can send us an email, Travis or Cody at tailoredcoachingmethod.com. Um, we are in this predict, like, is it a predicament? No. Uh, conundrum, conundrum. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's a word for it. Like a sure. pickle. Yeah. Basically in a pickle, um, of like, what kind of YouTube videos to create, you know, we like so much. And I, I feel like your side of it is solidified. Totally. Like as far as like the style of editing and all that, it's just like, do we, what, what kind of, is it inspo, like inspirational? Is it uh, vlog style, like day in the lifestyle? Is it education? You know? So um, I'm just always curious of what you got. You guys are a big part of our audience. So what do you guys listen to? What do you guys watch? All that kind of stuff. Let me know. Um, Dude, we would I, appreciate I love it. those Ryan. I can't remember his last name. It starts with an H, but yeah. I don't know. I just discovered him this morning. Oh, no shit. For the first time. Those are great videos. I can't believe I haven't seen him before. He's yeah. got 1.6 million subscribers. Yeah. I'm going to try to hit him up, get him on the podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's only got 100,000 followers on Instagram. Yeah, that's sick. But he might not have posted on there quite a while. Yeah. I didn't click his post, but um, I say only, like, that's nothing. But, like, when you see 1.6 million on YouTube, I'm like, oh, he's probably got a huge Instagram, too. Totally. But, um, yeah, his videos are really good. Really good. Very good. Very funny. Um, I could definitely see him not being some people's cup of tea. Whatever. You know, but that's, I mean, that's part of it, right? Your personality should come through and you should or shouldn't be. Like, I feel like if you try to please everybody, you please nobody. Yep. Really. Or you just like do mediocre for everybody or you can be great for certain people. Like settling. Yeah. Yeah. And that's even like the thing we've talked about so much with uh, our niche at TCM, you know, like if somebody were to have a deep conversation with me of like, could you help me with blank? And you can fill almost, you can fill that blank with almost any problem within training or nutrition or health. And I'm probably going to be able to help you because I'm very well versed. I've looked up so much over the years. I've studied so many things. I've helped so many different people as is everybody on the team. But like, if we say we help everybody with health and fat loss and muscle growth and performance and strength and mobility, like, you know, we're just like, who are you? Yeah. So at a certain point in time, we had to be like, we are fat loss specialists and experts like that's what we do predominantly especially because I think that to me at least and this is anybody who's listening to that that has like maybe they were an athlete who um even think of like Lauren right she had an injury couldn't do her sport anymore 
which was her life. Yeah. So recovering from pain and injury to get back on her skis and do her sport, like that's the type of transformation that is more meaningful to her than anything else in the world, I'm sure, right? Which is contradicting to what I was about to say. But for me and for the people we work with and for the majority of people, I would say it is fat loss and muscle growth because if somebody loses 50 pounds, every part of their life changes. Absolutely. Who they are and how they go about their day, their energy, their confidence. Their, now they have a lack of insecurity instead of a lack of confidence. Like they're a new human being. So I don't know, to me, like that's where like that, there's way more reward in helping people lose weight, get lean, build muscle, like just transform their physique than anything else, which is why like we basically, like our whole thing is we help average people achieve amazing physiques. Totally. Above average results, right? Um, and we talk about body composition constantly. So anyway, like, I think that's where content is like, has to be pretty niche too, you know, um, to an extent. I also see some people on like their bios and Instagram look ridiculous. It's like, well, not even that. It's like, it, yeah, it like is super that. long. Yeah. But also it's so specific. It's weird. It's like, I help busy fathers who are between the ages of 35 and 40 who golf on the weekends. Yeah. It's like, just <laughs> come on, bro. Like, yeah, you, I don't know. I think people that. The, the idea that the more niched you are, the more of an expert you are yeah. is somewhat true. Absolutely. But at a certain point, you just sound ridiculous. Yeah. And people aren't going to read that and go, okay, bro. I can do it all. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, come on. I don't know. It's, it's weird. But There's certain things for certain people. Yeah. And I think when people are hiring people, they look for somebody that is honed in on one thing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think that one thing needs to be, for that, it should be like, I help guys who are too busy to get in the gym lose weight effectively and efficiently. Like, that makes sense. Yeah. But to be, they have to be fathers. They have to be busy. They have to be between the ages of 30 to 40. They have to have kids. They have to live in the state. Yeah. Like it's so <laughs> weird. I don't know. Like that's where it goes too far, but yeah. all right. Well, let's answer um, some questions. The first question is I was recently diagnosed with a sports hernia a few months ago, which has limited my ability to do certain types of cardio being being the middle of the winter here in Minnesota, my options are mainly indoors. My hernia makes it difficult to do any form of running or jogging or any time of split leg movement. Mm. Uh, however, doing jumping jacks, jump rope, jump squats are not an issue. What are some recommended effective indoor and home cardio types you would recommend? I have a treadmill, but not bike Thanks for it. Man, there's no periods in here. I have a treadmill, <laughs> but not a bike. Thanks in advance for taking my question and uh, for everything you do. It's a thousand word run on sentence. <laughs> um, okay. So really good question. Uh, and I have to be careful answering it because it's a, I mean, technically when somebody's going through a hernia, that is a medical concern. Obviously I don't want to say anything that causes issues. So consult your doctor on this stuff, consult your PT, find a personal trainer in person, all that kind of jazz. Um, be safe, be careful. Now, I have worked with plenty of people who have had hernias because it's really not that uncommon, um, unfortunately, and, and especially for people who are overly exerting themselves with training or sport. Um, but the the there's a few things here. Number one, I feel bad for you living in Minnesota right now because I'm complaining about this cold weather. We got snow yesterday, and I was pissed. You wonder why I'm cold, dude. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> there's snow outside. I know. Um, <laughs> there wasn't snow up here in Buckley, though. I was surprised, actually. Wow. I didn't see any on my way in. There was a, my yard was still full. Of yeah. Same with mine. Yeah. Just, in, just down the road. As yeah. soon as I got into Buckley, it was gone. Oh, damn. Yeah. But I mean, we're like down the hill. Anyway, um, we got nothing compared to you over in Minnesota. Let's Touché. <laughs> so, uh, if you're doing, so the, here's the thing is like, 
you basically said any type of unilateral pattern, right? Split stance, single leg stuff is going to bug it. But the reason it's going to bug it is because you're trying to run. You're trying to bike really hard. You're trying to do things that are exerting force. I know that you can walk because you would have had surgery for your hernia if you can't walk, right? If you can't walk because of this, then you've, you would have already fixed this. You wouldn't be asking me about what to do with it, right? Um, so walk, that's your cardio. Like just remove high intensity cardio. You don't need to do high intensity cardio. Obviously I could give you the recommendation of doing something like, and this is where it gets iffy because like split stance are what bugs you, but I would, I would wonder if it is actually split stanced movements because of what you named or if it's uh, like hip extension based dominant movements because a lot of times if you're sprinting or running hard you're going to be using a lot of hip extension you're going to be using uh, putting a lot of force through your hips but also your adductors are going to fire up a lot and that's going to trigger your growing and that's going to lead into hernias and so on and so forth so i'm like if if i was just assuming anything two-legged was fine i'd say kettlebell swings but that's a lot of hamstring a lot of glute a lot of hip hinging i'm worried about that as well yeah um the other thing would be you could do jump rope or jumping jacks, but f your calves are going to fucking tear before you get any meaningful cardio done. Like, what are you going to do? Jump rope for an hour? Yeah. And if you do that once a week, your calves are already pretty damn cramped. I mean, I guess like, unless you want to be a boxer, you, I mean, whatever, but, um, I would just walk. I think walking is probably the best thing. And if you have a treadmill to run on it, but you can't run, walk on the treadmill and spend your time strength training right? Re realistically, if, if you really want the answer for a cardio purpose, like what can I do for cardio? Do anything that you can, you can essentially like perform any type of exercise that you can do safely without pain that generates that level of intensity or heart rate variability. So your heart rate gets to a certain percentage of its max and you maintain it for a certain period of time that you can do consistently. So if you can do jump roping and you can keep your heart rate at 70% of one rep max, you could do it for 30 minutes straight. That is low to moderate intensity cardio. That is like a zone three or four, whatever the zones are for aerobic fitness. That is that because you're elevating your heart rate and you're maintaining it there. Your cardiovascular system and your oxidative system, your respiratory system, all these energy systems that are working together during aerobic fitness, they don't know that you are jump roping versus running. Yeah. They know that you are contracting muscles. There's blood flowing. Your heart is pumping. Your lungs are working. That's aerobic fitness. That's the aerobic energy system. Now, I don't, typically think you're going to be able to keep your heart rate in a good place consistently for the amount of time you need to if you're doing jump rope because your calves are going to get tired and it's just a lot of hopping and jumping it's very boring in my opinion um walking is extremely safe you can put it on an incline you can still get your heart rate up a little bit and you burn a lot of calories with it and it's not like taxing to the nervous system at all it's so easy on your joints you can learn while you do it or read a book listen to a podcast, whatever you got to do. Um, and then spend time strength training. Cause again, like, yeah, you could jump rope. You could get your heart rate up. Um, I mean, technically if you want to look for a two leg thing, you could also do the rower. Rower is very easy to do. Um, two legged it's, it's, it's full body. It's cardio based. But if you are strength training, you're going to build muscle. You're actually going to, you're going to reinforce the strength and stability in the places to help you prevent furthering that hernia issue and preventing it in the future. Um, I would recommend for hernia prevention or her hernia rehabilitation, like movement patterns and strength training over cardio any day because cardio is not going to do anything for your hernia um, except potentially fuck it up more depending on what kind of cardio you do. So spend time strength training to get your heart rate jacked up and use the anaerobic energy system because if you're doing high intensity cardio, that's going to be your anaerobic energy system. But strength training is your anaerobic energy system. So if you do a heavy squat or heavy deadlift or heavy bench press, you do it for 10 to 30 seconds, your heart rate gets climbed up, and then you take a long rest. 
That is literally high intensity intervals. Yep. Whereas low intensity cardio is specifically using a different energy system and training the aerobic system, which you need for longevity and health. It's actually way more beneficial for general health than strength training. The caveat is that strength training is probably going to help with tendons, ligaments, osteoporosis, things like that, that do happen later in life. So if you have to choose one, I probably would choose strength training still. But part of the reason why I would always choose strength training over that is because you can just go for walks and people wouldn't consider that like programmed cardio necessarily, but it's still working your aerobic system. So my advice to you, man, is to do count your steps, keep your knee up high enough to where you're burning a good amount of calories on a daily basis. Do some walking, like programmed walking on the treadmill inside or whatever to make sure that you're getting your aerobic fitness in and then just spend time strength training to build muscle, build strength and resiliency in your body to prevent furthering that hernia, but also that will train your anaerobic energy system. For sure. So plain and simple. All right, cool. We will go to the next question. It says, what are your thoughts on doing bodybuilding or lightweight circuit style workouts on rest days? Would you impinge on recovery? With that impingement recovery, say working out hard for five days a week and taking two days for light circuit training. I think you're just trying too hard to do too much. Like my thoughts are that if you, so, so I'll give like, I'll give an example of myself. Um, like tomorrow's, let's say tomorrow, tomorrow is a rest day. I'm going to go get tattooed. So tomorrow's a rest day. If, I wake up and I don't feel like, like number one, if I don't feel like a rest day is justified, one of two things, and I need to do some kind of full body circuit, one of two things is happening here. Number one, I have a psychological issue that I need some kind of counseling or coaching for, honestly. And not to like, I know that's kind of taken to an extreme, but realistically, there's a lot of times where people, they get so hung up and focused on the this idea that they did not earn their rest day. They didn't earn carbs. They didn't earn their calories. And then they undereat or they overtrain and they're beating their body up because they feel like they have to. And that's not a good place to be in. Like mentally, that's not a healthy place. And I, and so I say this with care because I've been there and I've literally done that exact thing to where I've binged and restricted. And then I've overtrained and undertrained. Like I've, I've gone through all those cycles. I've been doing this for long enough to where I did it to myself. And I've worked with countless people who have done it themselves as well. And it's not a good place to be in. So either a, it's, it's a mental thing where you literally don't feel like a rest day is justified. And that's more of the psychological side of things. Like you're basically just trying to run yourself in the ground because you think you have to. And then the other side of it is you're not training hard enough. Cause I know for me, like I don't have category one I have before, but I'm not in a place where mentally I feel like I didn't earn it. I could, we're going to go to Disneyland. I'm not going to train for like five, six days in a row. And I'm not going to have a f- single fucking issue with it. Not even a hotel. No. Because to me, I'm like, I, I train hard. And when I take a rest day off, like, or multiple rest days, I'm like, I'm fine. Because I mean, we'll be there Monday through Thursday. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I'll take four days off. And that's assuming I come in on Sunday to train before I leave, which probably won't. So it'll probably be five days. I'll be excited to get in the gym when I get back. Totally. But I also know enough about the research that taking five days off the gym can only be beneficial. So if I'm half-assing it in the gym, then of course, it's not really going to do much for me. But if I push it really hard for multiple weeks leading into that, that's just a deload. And there's research to show that a full week off of training can actually be more beneficial than deloading and just reducing volume and stuff. Yeah. It depends on the person. If somebody's doing like three days a week or they're not training super hard or they're, they're a beginner, then I probably wouldn't say that. But as somebody who's advanced, who trains five days a week, lifting heavy and pushing it to the max that is actually really beneficial. That's going to be more of a super compensation mm. effect. I'm going to recover more and be able to go harder when I come back. I'm not going to lose muscle from not training five days. Um, but 
besides the point, like if I get to, so for me, usually I train Monday through Friday and then Saturday, Sunday, I don't train. I'll like, if it's nice, I'll take Bubba on uh, a drag because <laughs> he doesn't walk. I got to like fucking drag him, but I force him to go on like, <laughs> like a, a drag. on like a That's mile funny. fast walk through the forest and shit, you know, yep. usually I take him and then I come back, drop him off and go again. Cause I'm like, I need more steps. Yeah. You're just so lazy. But, um, I'll do like light active recovery on the weekends, you know, but if I get up Sunday, Saturday and I'm not like, oh, I'm pretty sore. I'm like, I'm tired or like feeling like, damn, like I, I, I got after this week, then I'm not training hard enough. Yeah. So like part of me is like, if you feel like you have to put a full body circuit in between your training days, then you're just not training hard enough or category one. So you either have like, you got to work on the mental side of this where, um, and I know that like, again, I, I apologize if that sounds like uh, brutal cause nobody ever wants to be told like you got a psychological thing going on. You need to handle but I'm going to keep it real and you might, there's a lot of people in the fitness space in the industry who have that issue. And yeah. there's also a lot of fitness influencers that won't say this. So, um, some people need to attack it from the psychological and then the other people just need to train harder. So like if you're getting after in the gym, you're doing enough, you should not have to do anything. And on top of that too, it's, it's, I don't think it's beneficial. So there's not a single category I can think of where that would be beneficial outside of maybe like somebody who can only train three days a week in a gym and they push in those three days, but maybe a couple of days a week they do some band work at home because they physically cannot get to the gym. Maybe they don't have a, a fucking license or they don't have a car. They live in the city they, or the gym's closed. Or, I don't know. Whatever weird random circumstance, you can't go to the gym more than three days a week. Yeah. Do some pump shit at home with a band. That's great. But for somebody who's following a program and going to the gym, like you should be pushing it hard enough to where you want those full rest days. And those full rest days will be more beneficial because it allows your body and your muscles to actually stop for 24 hours, right? And just recover. Because if I'm stopping them halfway through the recovery process and trying to train them again or contract them again, they're not, I'm not letting them finish the job, yeah. you know? Um, trying to think of a, what a good example of that would be, like an analogy, but it, it's very, I don't know. It's like, It'd be like if, if you had a brick wall and I had a wrecking ball and I wrecked it down and I told you to start stacking them again. But every time you get like halfway up, I wreck it down again. You're never going to complete that wall if I keep wrecking it back down, right? So if this like wrecking ball was swinging like a pendulum and I just kept letting it fucking crash button and I try to stack them up quicker to get it before it comes back, I should probably stop and get rid of the wrecking ball, you know? You're stopping your process before you get all the way through it. So point being is I don't see any reason why they would be even like I've recommended active recovery days. And that's like I said, like going to walk, yeah. like move your body, do mobility. And that's just to get movement and, and blood flow and, and oxygen to the muscles and movement through your joints. It's not to like contract your muscles hard. So that would be my advice. Totally. Yeah, that's good. All right. Last question. Uh, we got, it says I've recently added 30 minutes of cardio to my lifting routine because I'm seven weeks out from a competition. Trying to maximize my time, so I'm sometimes training in the morning from 5 a.m. to 7 a.m., doing my heavy lifts and cardio, and going again after work to finish triceps on a shoulder day or band work like glute, kickback, burnouts, uh, or, oh, and abductor work on glute ham days. Is this a good plan, or should I just use the time to recover? I train hard in the 10 to 15 rep range to close to close failure and drop sets and my sets and drop sets in myo sets. Mm -hmm. Is that a thing? Yeah. Oh, oops. I hate, uh, hate doing cardio at night because I prefer doing it with caffeine in my system. I'm adding band work to focus on upper glutes as much as possible. 
Yeah. So, um, and we should just title this podcast overtraining. <laughs> there we go. Um, this is, uh, do we have any other questions on that list? Uh, I only ask cause we might be able to crank out another one if we do. Okay. I don't know if this is a separate list that we don't have all of them on there, but, um, cause this will be an easy one to answer. The, the reality is, is that number one, you're seven weeks out from a competition. I'm assuming this is a physique or bikini competition. You're not going to be building a bunch of muscle, which means that if you're seven weeks out, you should solely be focusing on losing fat to get to your stage lean competition weight and, and look, not trying to build muscle. Uh, you should be doing enough, maybe a little bit extra to maintain your muscle. And I say a little bit extra, not because I expect a competitor to, to build more muscle seven weeks out. You're on the, like the last stages. I say a little bit more just to be 100% positive. Same reason you would take a multivitamin. Do you need it? No, because if you're eating whole foods, you're probably fine, but it's an insurance policy. You just make sure. Um, so do a little bit over what you need to maintain, which is not that much. Um, so few things here. Number one, you shouldn't be focusing on building muscle. So you probably should, if anything, lower your volume. If it really is requiring you to go to the gym multiple times a day, um, outside of cardio, like if you're going back to cardio, that's one thing. But if you're doing multiple sessions a day to try to squeeze in all this volume, you're doing too much, especially seven weeks out. If anything, you should be doing the least amount possible to maintain your muscle because the more volume you do, the more cortisol you're producing in your body. Cortisol will retain water. If you are constantly watery, you're not only going to mask the scale trend going down and not know where you're at. So you don't know if you're losing fat fast enough because it's, you might weigh a pound heavier when you get on the scale and it's just water. And then you can't see the fat loss happening because you're just constantly puffy and holding water. But also your adherence is going to go down because your stress levels are up and cortisol is going to cause more cravings, right? This is why sleep issues cause more cravings because it increases stress hormone levels. So point being, Doing more not only is just not beneficial, but it's also probably going to shoot yourself in the foot this close to, to being in competition. Number two, cardio, it's kind of counterintuitive because if you're splitting your training up to do more training volume to maintain or build muscle when you're in a state where you shouldn't really be trying to build muscle, but you're also putting cardio right after your workout, which has been shown to be more likely to eat away muscle. Like you're not going to like disintegrate your muscle, but if you're really lean and you're really lean seven weeks out, you should be doing your cardio four to six hours away from your training. Like there's plenty of research to show the most beneficial time to do your cardio if you're adding extra cardio in for fat loss is to separate it by four to six hours. And this just applies to all two-a-day research. Um, and the reason for this is because it's the only way to fully recover and replenish and get back into the gym. But also, if you go train super hard and you're in a deficit and you're super lean, you're already in a compromised place from a muscle perspective. So you're already under recovering and you're not building muscle and you're trying your hardest to maintain the muscle you have. So you don't lose muscle during your cut, which happens more the deeper in the deficit you are and the leaner you get. But on top of that, you are also doing cardio right after your workouts, right? Again, if somebody comes to me and they have 50 pounds to lose, great. Do cardio after workouts. If you have 20 pounds to lose, great. But when you're getting stage lean, you probably shouldn't be doing cardio right after your workout. You should be getting to a protein-based meal after your workout. Do your cardio later. Um, so I would 100% do one of two things, either a put the cardio later on. I know you like to do with caffeine, but like, I mean, do you want to do well on stage or do you want to do some cardio with caffeine? You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like it's, it's really drink some decaf coffee and trick your brain. Like I've done that plenty of times when I have to cut down coffee or cut down caffeine consumption, I'll just drink decaf and mentally it's like placebo. I just don't even think about it. Cause it's more of like a psychological stimulus of totally. me drinking something warm in the mornings. But Essentially, move your cardio four to six hours away and then bring that volume you're doing, the extra abduction work and glute work and all that stuff to your training session. Just keep all the volume together. And if that's too much, just minimize how much volume you're doing. 
you're not going to grow right now. So when you're seven weeks out, you, you might have to do less than what you were doing before. There's plenty of times where I've got, I've got right now, we start his cut on Monday and he's been in a bulk for a while. We've been doing six days a week. We're immediately dropping him to five days a week of training. And then we might go down to four days a week after a while. It just depends on his recovery. But the last thing I'm going to do is, is keep training him at a super high volume and potentially add cardio in while I put him into a deficit. When I know we're not going to build more muscle since we go into a deficit. So do what I need to do to maintain the muscle and then focus just on health and recovery, you know? Um, so yeah, that's my advice. I'm not, I'm not a fan of, of what you're doing. I understand why you're doing it. And, and look, I don't mean to be aggressive about it too. I, I respect the hustle. I mean, you're, you're grinding right now and you're in that grind phase. My thing is this, and this is why, granted, I'll never compete again, but this is why I love the competitor's mindset. And every time I'm with Ariel, I talk to her about her, her going through her prep. So she's when she's in prep. Cause I love that grind mindset and that the mentality they have when they're after it and they're getting on it and they're in prep and it's like requires so much discipline. Like I love that kind of shit. However, if you're going to be in that position and you're forced to use that kind of discipline, do it smart. Yeah. Use the minimum you need. Like don't make it harder on yourself just to say you did it. Like make it as easy as possible so that you can get the result as easy as possible. Cause there's going to be times where you don't want to do it. There's going to be times you need discipline, you know, like especially in a prep, but don't make it harder on yourself. Yeah. Like, Use science to understand what you should be doing. And what I just broke down is exactly what you should be doing during prep. Boom. Plain and simple. Yep. Maybe we won't do another one. That was longer than I thought. I think Unless, we're good. Okay, cool. Um, I thought I was going to answer that quicker, but <laughs> who am I kidding? Yeah. We know this already. Uh, real quick, guys, I want to shout out a bunch of our stuff since I have a few extra minutes, and you're going to want to listen to this, so don't jump off the podcast yet. People forget how much free shit we have on our website, and the guides are all like fucking i think the the shortest guide we have is like 50 pages so i'm talking the the physique manual which is a bodybuilding ebook physique training ebook for general population people so everyday people it shows you what volume intensity frequency to use why to use them exercise selection like the whole thing and there's a sample program go check that out it's on the website taylorcoachmethod.com slash guides performance bodybuilding if you want to look the part but you also like training like an athlete you want to get into the performance side of things that's for you it goes over the all the same stuff but um adds in energy system training and it, it is kind of catered to the person who wants both the best worlds performance and strength and aesthetics then we have the recipe guide which is 101 recipes uh, all with macros inside of it and we have the nutrition guide which is 87 pages or so of just like gold when it comes to calories macros nutrition all that kind of stuff we we put together the one rep max calculator which is on our website as well in the menu and we put together the tde calculator and i'm like this close to the supplement database and we're going to have a ton like i mean drop down menus for days of just different supplements you can use so go to the website taylorcoachingmethod.com there's so much free content there that you should be using to learn how to do this shit better i mean this podcast has so much but you can download those, read them on your phone, read them at your own pace. Um, and obviously, if you want more guidance, there's a coaching tab there. You can you can click after you go through that stuff and you get the base foundation. When you need more help, that is what we do. We help people one-on-one -on -one and we're the best at it, in my opinion. So um, wanted to throw that out there. Of course, if you like the show, please leave us a five-star rating and review. Uh, as always, we appreciate you and we will catch you next time. <laughs>